Well, hello, and welcome to the first ever One Link podcast episode. I'm Amy, and I'm joined today by Brad. Brad, welcome. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be here with you. So we're podcasting now, which is pretty cool, right? Yeah, it is. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah, we we started talking about this idea last summer, in fact, and uh, even recorded some test episodes last fall, Mm -hmm. but I think sort of the tyranny of the urgent ruled the day, and we kind of punted it down the road a bit. But here we are, and we're doing it. We are. (laughs) Now, working in the same office with you, I know that the tyranny of the urgent issues, they've they've not changed. Mm -mm. So what's bumped this idea of the priority list? Well, I've had a growing desire to help keep God's heart for the nations in front of our students and volunteers and supporters throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later in the podcast. But, you know, we have such wonderful connections with people at our yearly events, mm-hmm. but I've been wanting ways to reach out and connect throughout the year. So here we are. That sounds great. Well, the other part that I haven't mentioned yet is that I learned you worked in radio previously. <laughs> I don't know. Am I allowed to put that out there publicly? I guess I just did, right? <laughs> no problem. That That's true. And often unknown fact. But I thought this was a pretty unique skill set. And honestly, I just wanted to hear your radio <laughs> voice. And I have to say, I have not been disappointed, Amy. Oh, well, thanks. That's very kind. Uh, it was a fun part of my life, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it's been fun to be able to revisit some of that season with this project. So as we've been working on this project together, I think I have seen how our different roles might play out. Okay, do tell. I think you, Amy, are going to bring the professionalism and succinct commentary to it, whereas I will probably bring the verbal processing and meandering stream of consciousness to it. So maybe together we'll make a very balanced team. I think we will. Well, in keeping in line then with fulfilling my role of keeping us on task, Maybe you can share a little bit more about what inspired you to make this podcast a priority. Yes, thank you for bringing us back to that. Uh, I think the main motivation flows out of a verse that has become a bit of a rally call for our team this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it came out of an opportunity I had to speak to a group of students earlier this summer. I noticed that a number of them had these verse packs. You know know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And they were working on memorizing verses in between the sessions where I was speaking. Mm-hmm. It reminded me when I was in college, and there was kind of this thing back then, at least in our campus group, that people would pick a life verse. It was a verse mm-hmm. that was kind of summed up their life goal or their mission statement or something like that. I don't know. Is this, is this still a thing for college students, or do students do that anymore? Ah, that's a great question. It does seem to be a little less of a trend than it was uh, when I was in college, at least. Um, but I think there are still groups out there who are, are seeking one, surely. Hmm. Well, if you're out there listening and... You have a life verse or you want one, you're not forgotten by us. That's right. Anyways, back to the point. There there I go again with my verbal processing, Amy. You're doing great. Thanks. Uh, So I was speaking to these students and I said, "I, I noticed a lot of you are memorizing scripture. And I told them about this life verse concept from back in my day, which I'm guessing they weren't that into themselves because they were a lot of blank stares when asked about it. But I said, I think I've decided to have a least favorite verse in the Bible. Mm, mm -hmm. And I could tell that a few of them were thinking, what, is that even allowed? Can you do that? (laughs) And I said, it's Luke 10 too. The harvest Mm -hmm. is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I went on to just talk about how the world desperately needs workers. And I think for me, this is a conviction that has only grown since this summer. I want us to be part of this process. And I hope that this podcast can help keep this idea of being a laborer in the harvest field and in front of people. So you said that this conviction has been growing. 
particularly over this summer? What what caused it to grow? Uh, it started with a trip I took to Asia with a couple campus ministry leaders. Uh, this is back in June. And we first went to Tokyo. And to be honest, I had hardly thought about Japan at all. You know, I worked for a number of years among Muslims in Central Asia. And, mm-hmm. you know, Tokyo just seemed like a million miles away from that context. So, you know, we, we flew into Tokyo, which uh, has 36 million people. It's, according to what I read, the most populated metro area in the world. I mean, wow. just, just amazing flying in. You see all these people. And about one half mm. of 1% know Jesus, mm. you know. So we're talking 35.8 million people in this huge metro area that don't know the Lord. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we started touring around in Tokyo and meeting with people and it was an impressive place. I mean, they um, everything that we would come across was the biggest or the busiest or the something. You know, we we mm. be walking down the street and the people that were hosting us would say, "You see that crosswalk right there? That's the busiest crosswalk in the world." Wow! So it's like, wow, amazing. Or you know, there's lots of Starbucks, as you can imagine. So they'd say, "You see that Starbucks? That's the busiest Starbucks in the world." Huh. Or we went by another one. That's the biggest Starbucks in the world. Wow. I mean, just you know, everything had this kind of incredibly orderly and efficient, um, you know, like I said, very different from the places I had lived and, and safe too. I, I read recently that they named Tokyo the safest city in the world. I said, so you could leave a wallet just sitting on the street and come back wow. an hour later. I mean, this, you know, 36 million people, you could leave your wallet sitting there and come back in an hour and it'd still be there wow. according to the people. So, you know, again, I, I, was, I was really impressed on what I saw on the outside but the more I listened, the more I realized that, you know, this society is just crumbling on the mm-hmm. inside. Uh, and they say that there are two really powerful cultural traits that have contributed to this. One is everything has to be done perfectly. Yeah. You know, perfectionism is the only way. I mean, their, their whole motto is, you know, we don't create things, we perfect them. And so you have this whole society of people going around feeling like they can never live up to this perfect standard. The second one is that it, it isn't okay to talk to others if you're struggling. Now, I know that, you know, we have some of that issue here in America, but culturally, and they take it to a whole other level that you just mm-hmm. cannot bother other people with even small things that, you know, might be going on in your heart, even family, close friends. It's just not okay to share something with them that might make them uncomfortable or disturb them in some way. So you're really expected to suffer quietly, silently. So how does this affect their society? Well, these two traits, again, this is just what I been, was learning there, but these two mm-hmm. traits, uh, they seem to mix to, to create a number of phenomena. The first is that you have people in, in this culture that are literally working themselves to death. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. a, not an uncommon thing at all. In fact, there's just a single word in Japanese that describes this whole idea of working yourself to death, you know, just because they're, they're trying to, to this perfection idea. You also have young people. This is a, you know, a, a trend that's developed in the last few years that they haven't left their home in months. They're just, they're paralyzed. They cannot cope with going out and doing things. So they're just stuck, you know, in their parents' basement or wherever, mm-hmm. uh, unable to go outside. And the last one that, and, you know, maybe the most tragic is that, uh, Japan has one of the highest suicide rates in the world. Mm. As I said earlier, you know, everything was so efficient and the trains were some of the most efficient things that we saw. I mean, they would come right on time. 
But uh, they said every now and then one wouldn't show up on time. It was it would kind of surprise you. And so there would be a message that would come up on the board that would say delayed because of human incident. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, you just knew what that someone had finally, they just couldn't take it anymore. And so the longer I was there, just the more overwhelmed I was by the need that I saw. That's, that's absolutely heartbreaking. It, it was. But the, the thing that really struck me is that it wasn't just that there was a need in the midst of this need. There was this window of opportunity sitting mm-hmm. there. Uh, you know, high school in Japan is a very, very stressful time with all these standardized tests and long hours of, you know, preparing for them and whatnot. And then, of course, afterwards, when you get into the work world, uh, you know, long hours of work and whatnot. But they said that college is kind of this one brief moment where where Japanese students have a little bit of margin in their life. They can go play mm-hmm. basketball. They can have a, a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, you know, they can they are have the capacity and the margin to think a little bit outside the box. Mm-hmm. And so just these few short years where they're highly available and maybe even teachable, you know, that, that are in there so strategic to reaching this nation. And along with this, uh, what a lot of people were saying is that as a society, they're starting to come to the place where they realize something's got to change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do they see these issues in there? They're a little more open to that. And so in the midst of all this, in the midst of seeing this opportunity, we go to meet with these four students that were from the state of Oklahoma. And I said to them, you know, can you take us to the campus that you're working on? I wanted to see it and wanted us to be able to pray there. Yeah. And they looked at me and they said, well, which one? Hmm. And apparently they'd just been given a, a list of possibilities. They said, you know, just do the best you can, make as many relationships as you can on all these campuses that are around. And I got home and I Googled that there are 200 campuses in Tokyo alone. Wow. And so all this time, just to put this all together, I'm thinking the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are you. Here's the, or a few, this, this nation that... There's this window of opportunity with college students. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure these four students were the only people there trying to reach college students, but, you know, so, so few compared to the the need and opportunity. Yes, I can absolutely see how this experience would have put this verse on your heart. So what was the rest of the trip like? Any other insights? Well, the rest of the trip was pretty much the same. You know, we went to another large city uh, where there were several large college campuses and, you know, just one young couple there trying to reach college students. Mm-hmm. We went to a church that, uh, that evening or the next morning, I think it was. And, um, you know, there's maybe like 30 Japanese people there. And this was pretty much, they said the biggest thing going on wow. in this town. Uh, we went to a third city, met a teacher there at a local campus who wasn't even a believer, but was saying, we'd love to have students come here. They can come study. They can come you know, teach, they can come do anything and be nurses. I mean, all sorts of opportunities. Wow. And, you know, anyone could in, in this cu- culture, what's so uh, heartbreaking about this opportunity is that legally there's nothing preventing people from just going and sharing, right? It's like uh, so many places that we send people, you know, you have to be so careful and, right. you know, you have access is such an issue, not an issue at all. I mean, they're welcoming this. Mm. And so just, just so heartbreaking to see so few that, are there for that purpose. So in, in everywhere we went, we went to Seoul and uh, they were talking about the lost generation, that there's so many young people there that have turned away from God. And, you know, they, they did a recent survey that only about 2% of college students, you know, proclaim to be Christians, which is compared to what happened a generation before that, just 
uh, incredibly heartbreaking. And everywhere we went, they were saying, mm-hmm. can you send us a team? Wow. And, and I would just say, well, Lord, Lord willing, pray with me. Pray that the Lord would raise up laborers. Yeah. I got home from this trip and this, this email kind of about fell out of my chair because it just, it, it summarized everything that, that I was seeing on that trip. And uh, this, this partner from South Asia wrote, and he was talking about the reason why he wanted some teams to come. He said, you know, the primary reason is that we have 1.7 billion people 2,239 people groups and only 250 missionary units. Wow. That means each adult is responsible for 3.7 million people in five different people groups. We need help. Yeah. This guy wrote to me. And, and I, he says, I would like to introduce some of our teams to you and develop a deeper partnership with you if possible. Um, if I can swing for the fences, I would like to envision that we, what it would be, what it would look like next summer to have 10 teams come to various places in South Asia. And, you know, I was looking at our, at our teams and we sent two last year. So I'm thinking, right. wow, this is, this definitely is swinging for the fences. So we, we probably said, sorry, we can't send a team to at least half a dozen places last year. Yeah. And we, so with these new connections, I don't know, maybe we'll have to say no to more. And so just to kind of summarize all this, the world does not lack opportunities. No. It certainly doesn't lack need. What it lacks is laborers. And that's what we want to develop and, and what I hope this podcast will be a part of doing. Amen. I pray the Lord uses it for this purpose. So, Brad, we're about out of time here, but maybe you can share what people can look forward to in future podcasts. Well, this fall, as we get into our fall mobilization period, we're hoping to release some podcasts that will help people think through issues like why they should go overseas, uh, how do they know if they're called, you know, I, I, various things like this. I hope these will be helpful things mm-hmm. um, as people are trying to figure out whether they should go on a summer trip or even beyond that. Mm-hmm. And beyond this, I anticipate there will probably be various shenanigans and interesting <laughs> stories, but hopefully you can help arrange some of that in, Amy. <laughs> we'll work on it. It will be great. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.